Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the ultimate Springboks vs Tonga Rugby World Cup preview. I'll be joined by a man who is actually there playing for Tonga at the Rugby World Cup. But before I introduce our esteemed guest, I'm going to take a look at how the two teams have performed at the World Cup so far. We'll also take a look at how these teams have played against each other in the past and try to analyse what might happen on Sunday. Let's get started. The Springboks and Tonga have actually only played against each other on two previous occasions. This is the least out of the Pacific Island teams in terms of the opponents that the Springboks have faced, Samoa being the team that the box have come up against the most and Fiji the second most. The first meeting between these two teams was on the 10th of June 1997 at Newlands in Cape Town. The Springboks were the world champions at the time and romped home to a 74-10 annihilation, scoring 12 tries along the way, including a hat-trick by Andre Sneijman. Our kicker that day was Idrich Libber. He kicked 7 out of 12, and yes, we will talk about the kickers a little bit later in this video. That match was a warm-up ahead of the Springboks' three-match series against the British and Irish Lions. That match was also notable for featuring the likes of Fialvuni Pola. If that name seems even vaguely familiar to you, it certainly should. Fial is the father of England internationals Billy and Marku Vunipola. Fial's brother Manu also played in that test match against the Springboks, and he is the uncle of Billy and Marco. Another man who featured in that test match is Cooley Falatau. Again, you might recognize that name, and you certainly should. There is a current Welsh international loose forward by the name of Tolupe, and he is the son of Cooley. The second meeting between these two teams was in 2007 at the Rugby World Cup in France. On that occasion, the match took place in a city called Lance. Now, the Springboks won that match 30-25, a considerably closer affair than that 74-10 contest. South Africa were only leading 7-3 at the break. Jake White had made wholesale changes, but early in the second half, the Tongans took the lead. Kisi Pulu had crossed the line after 44 minutes, the try was converted, and it was 8-7 to Tonga. Jake White promptly emptied his bench, and on came the heavyweights, John Smith, Victor Matfield, and Percy Montgomery, among others. With 15 minutes to go, the match looked safe. The Springboks had established a 27-10 lead. However, things then turned around, as far as the Tongans are concerned. Suka Hufanga scored in the 70th minute to bring Tonga somewhat back into the match. The try wasn't converted, but Viliami Vaki's try two minutes later was converted, and all of a sudden the score was 27-22. That five-point gap was extended to eight when Percy Montgomery slotted a late penalty, but Tonga themselves slotted a late penalty, and suddenly the score was 30-25. Pierre Holler with that three-pointer, and then right at the end, Tonga were attacking, as you can imagine, throwing everything at South Africa, and but for the bounce of the ball that actually went out of bounds, had it bounced in a different manner, Tonga may very well have scored a try, and who knows what would have happened with the conversion. Again, funny how we're talking about kicks, and speaking of kicks, here's Andre Pretorius describing what happened to him that day in Lance. You know, the pressure was there, and you know the island boys when they when they get up and they get a sniff of of blood, then they really come at you. On the day, my boot was also left in the change room. I don't think I could have hit water if I fell out of a boat, so that didn't help. Couldn't 
couldn't uh, keep the pressure on them, and they just kept coming at us. And at one stage, there was a kick forward, and it that that stayed in. I think we would have lost that game. And that's the margins in international rugby, and that's why mindset comes into it because all it was is, I think they were a bit better prepared mentally than we were in terms of what to expect. We were expecting them to go away if we started putting pressure on them and they just never went away. Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program. Toll-free helpline 0800-006-008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. So far at this Rugby World Cup, South Africa have defeated Scotland 18-3 and annihilated Romania 76-0. They were also beaten last time out by Ireland 13 points to 8. Tonga have lost 59-16 to Ireland and 45-17 to Scotland. And on that note, I'm delighted to welcome Tonga international hooker. He's actually in France right now, Paula Ngaamu. Welcome, Paula, to Front Row Rugby. How have you been enjoying the Rugby World Cup in France so far? Uh, I love it, actually. Um, it's always when you're a rugby player, you dream to be on the big stage. And um, <clears throat> I think that... If you don't enjoy this, then you're in the wrong sport. Let's talk about World Rugby's eligibility rules. A lot of people are saying that the Pacific Island nations are the ones that are benefiting the most from that. What do you say? Oh, hugely. I think um, we've seen massive growth in our own team. Um, I've been lucky enough to be in it before the rule and now within the rule um, to be able to get our hands on our, some of our best players. Um, it's only done good things for us and... I feel that it evens out the playing field a little bit more for Tier 2 nations. Tonga are in a really tough pool with South Africa, Ireland and Scotland. Would you say that you guys are satisfied or disappointed with your results so far? I think we're very disappointed with uh, the results we've had. Um, it's not what we set out to do. Um, but that's just how this game goes. Uh, Going up against Tier 1 nations is always um, a challenge. Um, and if, you're not, if you don't come with your A game, obviously we see, we've seen the results of that. So very disappointed. The reality is that if you can secure bonus point wins over South Africa and Romania, you can still qualify for the quarterfinals. Is that something that you guys are going for? That's right, mate. Uh, that's what we've talked about. Obviously, if we didn't talk about that, we probably shouldn't be here. So that's still our goal. We still believe that we can achieve that and um, that's sort of uh, where we're heading uh, as a group at the moment. For my South African viewers who may not be as familiar with the Tongan players, who are the guys that they should look out for on Sunday? Apart from yourself, of course. <laughs> Definitely don't look for me. You won't find me. Um, well, it's hard to say. We've got great talent uh, across the park. Um, you got Ben, our captain, who leads from the front. Ben Tamefuna, who's uh, he's had an outstanding career. Um, man, you're going to get me in trouble here. Um, all the forwards, of course, as being a forward. And we've got some good young talent actually coming up in the backs, our wingers. Um, and obviously, Charles Piotal, the richest man in world rugby at the back. You keep an eye out for him as well. 
Sounds good. The Pacific Island nations are historically famous for their physicality and their big hit tackles. Can we expect to see more of that on Sunday? Oh yeah, I think I think you 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 should be prepared for a great show physicality wise. Um, we obviously respect South Africa, the utmost respect for South Africa, and we know what they bring. And it's also an opportunity for us to not to be scared, but you know, use our physicality to walk towards the challenge. Before kickoff, the Tongan players will perform the Sipi Tao. Talk to me about the significance of that. I think the Sipi Tao, for me, uh, well, it's a war cry, but for me, it, um, it just grounds me. It, 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 I feel the people past and present that have performed the same thing. It just ties me closer to my roots, uh, makes me... Um, it's a little reminder of why I'm doing this, you know, and it's obviously the words that prepares me for battle, which is ultimately what we set out to do. Paula, earlier you mentioned the Tier 2 nations and the difficulties and the challenges that they face in terms of trying to improve. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? The list is quite long, but obviously the Tier 2 nations, the funding isn't the same. So we sort of have to make do with what we have. Um, also experience as well, um, playing against tier ones, um, uh, very rarely it's hard for us to grow. So those are the sort of challenges that we face uh, coming into tournaments like this and going through our years. Um, it's, we're always up against it, um, but, you know, in the sport, um, sometimes you have to earn your way up, but it would be nice to have an even playing field every now and then. No doubt. What would you actually like to see happen to help teams like Tonga improve and compete at the top table? I think the main one is to get more experience playing against uh, Tier 1 nations, uh, being involved in that sort of pressure um, in those test matches that we don't really get um, playing against other Tier 2, Tier 3 nations. Um, yeah, that's probably what I would ask. And you yourself playing at a third Rugby World Cup. What a privilege, eh? Yeah. I don't know why they keep picking me. <laughs> Paula, I can see that you are a guy who likes to have a laugh. Is there a particularly funny moment that you can share with us from your time with the Tongan national team? A lot of funny moments, but maybe maybe not shareable. <laughs> I understand. Paula... Let's speak hypothetically. Assuming that Tonga cannot go all the way and win the Rugby World Cup, who do you think are the teams to look out for? There's some great outfits at the moment. Um, Ireland looks strong. South Africa is always strong. New Zealand is always strong. I don't know. The, everyone's good. You know, my first World Cup, quite, I kind of knew he was going to win it, but now you just don't know. Paula, thank you so much for your time today. It really was a pleasure having you on Front Row Rugby. I wish you everything of the best on Sunday. Just don't enjoy the match too much. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link. I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box. And there will be great benefits for members. 
So much to look forward to in the Springboks Tongo Rugby World Cup fixture. Guys, keep an eye out for the Sippy Tower. That is the war cry that the Tongans perform before a kickoff, much like what the New Zealanders do with the Haka. Now, something very important that I'd like you guys to know is that what Tonga do, it's not a Haka, and it's not their version of what the New Zealanders do. It's their own war cry. It's unique to them, and it's called the Sippy Tower. So keep an eye out for that, and remember that, please. And while you're keeping an eye out, you might share my opinion. I think that at the very least, it is the second most enjoyable war cry to watch of the international teams that perform these before kickoff. And I'm speaking strictly as an outside observer. What do I think will happen? I think that the Springboks are going to win this match. I think that we are going to see a bonus point victory for the box. And for Superbrew purposes, I'm going with a South Africa victory by 43 points. That said, I've been dreadful on Superbrew so far during this Rugby World Cup. So chances are highly likely that that is not going to be what happens. But perhaps of more interest, it will be to see how Andre Pollard gets along. Pollard has been drafted into the Springbok World Cup squad, as we all know by now. He is going to be playing at flyhalf in this test match. He's been brought in, and he will start in that number 10 jersey. And guys, I just want to caution you, because a lot of people are expecting miracles. People are not happy with the way that Marnie LeBoc has been kicking, and I understand that. There is some merit in those arguments. Marnie has actually been playing very well just in terms of his general play, but obviously he's being judged as a goal kicker. Now let's not forget that Andre Pollard himself is roughly a 75% goal kicker at international level. So he's not like Johnny Sexton. However, at the same time, it is worth pointing out that since the last Rugby World Cup, Pollard has actually been kicking at around 85-86% at international level. So that is encouraging. But I don't think that a man who has been injured for as long as he has and has only played approximately 40 minutes of rugby in the last four months is automatically going to walk into a team at international level and perform to brilliant standards. We need to bear that in mind. So just ease your expectations. Let's see how Andre goes against Tonga. I have no doubt the box will win and I really do believe that we'll get a bonus point victory and hopefully... Andre will play well, but more importantly, Andre is going to get some game time. I don't know if he'll play all 80 minutes. I suspect he might play 50, 60, maybe 70 at a push. The whole idea is to give him game time, see how it goes, and then you've got another two weeks, because remember the box are off next week before the quarterfinal, which is almost certainly going to be against the host nation France. See you next time.